Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I'm your host. And this episode is my visit after three months of not talking or seeing my wife. And um, it just gets harder and harder. And I actually proved a theory of mine um, about our history. And the longer we've stayed apart, the harder it is to get back together. Um, because of her wheels turning and conjuring up bad thoughts about me that are either true to a small extent but um, exaggerated in her head or things that she has just thought of and convinced herself they're true and it's amazing that the things that go on in her head I just wish I could climb in there and stop some of the wheels from turning But anyways, uh, stay tuned and uh, I'll tell you the rest. Thank you. Hello everybody, Brad Shattuck here, your host. I got a question for you. How many of you love to read but just don't have the time? I myself am one of them. In the past three years, I've probably read one book and even then it was a task. Audible.com can offer Audible books, listen to them anytime in your car, when you're shopping. You can get books read that you normally wouldn't be able to. It's so convenient. And our listeners can get a free 30-day trial with two free books, which is like a $60 value. It's a great offer. They have titles from thrillers, love, romance, learning, you name it. You can specifically read up on disorders, um, mental health disorders, Borderline personality disorder, DBT, dialectical uh, behavior therapy, you name it, they got thousands and thousands of titles. Get reading done that you normally wouldn't have time to do. Like I said, our listeners can get a 30-day free trial with two free books. Go into the show notes, you'll see the link there. Click it, and again, thank you for listening. Hello everybody, thank you again for listening. So... The last time I physically saw my wife was on her birthday, April 6th, and mine was on April 7th, but I didn't bother because I went up there on the 6th, and I sat outside for um, probably about half an hour, 
and she was outside and completely ignored me and then finally came over and asked what I was doing there and I said well it's your birthday I have a card and a gift for you and I also wanted to spend some time with you and she refused to talk with me told me not to even get out of my car wouldn't accept the card or the gift I opened the door put it on the ground and she said I might as well take it with me because if I leave it there she's gonna throw it away I left it there and later found out during my visit um, this past week that she didn't throw it out but so I'm glad I did leave it but anyways what I did was um, she doesn't answer my text or my phone call so I always have to show up unannounced I pulled in and she was um, de-weeding her garden she looked over at me looked away and then looked back and said what are you doing here so I got out of the car and I said I want to talk to you I want to see you I mean this is torture just you don't answer my calls you don't answer texts and you know then when I come here you make me feel guilty for coming up and saying I didn't invite you up here can I please just have like an hour just talk to you I just can you please just be my friend just don't disregard me that I've never existed for 34 years together and um, as a matter of fact today July 20th which is Father's Day is our 34 year anniversary of meeting I met her in June 20th 1987 and our wedding anniversary is August 16th which is a day after my uh, oldest son's birthday but it's really hard today I drove up to see her and she didn't answer the door I opened the door and walked in she immediately stood right there and said get out of my home I'll call the police just get out of here and that was due to our last um, interaction which was last week so back to me getting out of the car and she's de-weeding her garden and honestly she wasn't nasty right away and I know her well enough to know if it's gonna be a possibility or not so you know it's just telling her how I started another part-time job and you know how I missed her and asking her how things were going and she started opening up a little bit and you know more and more came about so we were outside talking for uh, near the garden for probably about a good hour and then she asked me if I wanted a coffee so she invited me in made a coffee and went back outside and she was showing me some improvements she did to the yard and you know I was just giving her all my attention not trying to talk about me just trying to ask her about her you know because she is very self-absorbed so I was even just swallowing my pride just doing whatever I could just to spend time with her and there was one point she was um she made a, a rock um walkway in front of the porch and she was fixing it a little bit and I was just looking at her and I just shaking my head just wondering I just wish things were different I just I just wish things were more normal and we started talking more and she was talking to me while she was looking down and then she looked up at me and she saw tears coming out of my eyes and she said what's wrong I said well the obvious just you act like not only don't you want anything to do with me but 
like I'm non-existent. Like it doesn't bother you if you haven't talked to me in a month or two months or if you ever did ever again. And <clears throat> excuse me. She says, well, look at the things you do to me. And I said, but this is what I mean. Like what? And it, it takes a lot to get it out of her. And she's like, come on, you, just all the things you do. And I said, well, like what? Remind me. If this, I mean, how do I know I'm doing something wrong if you don't tell me? This is why you, we don't communicate yet, so I don't know. And this is what I was saying in the intro. It's always been the longer we are apart. It could be the simplest thing of, um, let's say she told me to mail a package at the post office, and I completely forgot. And she made me leave. And if it was something as serious as a heated argument and told me to leave. During the time apart, whether it's one day or one month, the longer it goes on, the more she conjures up in her head bad things about me. And it could be something simple, but she exa uh, exaggerates it in her mind and makes it huge um, to the point of so many things that um, that isn't true. And there's a lot of times she records herself and um, same thing I used to do, it's just kind of like self-therapy, just it's a way of talking to yourself and releasing it. Um, I, I don't know why I actually record myself, but um, she does it as well. And I found one of the recordings on um, my, my phone, the screen it cracked, so she gave me one of hers, which is identical to the phone I have. And she forgot to erase that. And it broke my heart because she was having a conversation with uh, our oldest daughter. And she was telling her some unbelievable lies, um, exaggerated things. She was saying that, you know, watch off your father. He's sneaky. He's narcissistic. Um, you know, if you have something that he needs, he'll use you. Um, he's selfish. You know, he did it to me all these years and was cheating on me and... I'm listening to this stuff, and I'm like, what are you talking about? No. And then um, she said, I'll never give him the chance to lay his abusive hands on me ever again. And I'm listening to this saying, what the hell are you talking about? I've never hit her. One time my hands have laid on, on her is when I was either defending myself or I was trying to get out of the way from her, um, blocking me in, and I'd bump into her. And, you know, when you bump into somebody... I'm trying to escape from them, you know, you do it forcefully, but I've never, ever abused her. Never. I'm not that type. I, that's just not me. I don't believe in putting hands on women at, at all, especially her, especially anybody you love. You don't do that. So I was listening to this stuff, and it was breaking my heart for hours. And then um, it was probably about two hours after that, the recording was going, and she, um, I'm pretty sure she knew it was still going, but she was talking to herself, and just saying things like, you know, Brad, you, you're never going to be able to hurt me again. And, you know, sick, you always using me. And I couldn't believe the stuff that I was hearing. So the first thing I did was I sat down with her and I said, one thing I've noticed, and I explained to her that, you know, the longer we are apart, I notice it's harder for me to get back into her life. And that's why after a few days, I always try to come right back because, it's easier, no matter what the argument is, how heated it could be, it's easier to come back after three days than a very simple argument come back after a month. And I told her that. And 
I said, you know, I don't know if you notice it, but that's the way it is. And I said, you know, you need to get, I didn't tell her I heard the recording, but I said, you need to get out of your head the things you think about me that are not true or the things that are true, you exaggerate them so much that it's the simplest thing. It seems like the most horrible thing. And I said, I don't know if you do it as a defense mechanism because if you don't think these thoughts and you allow me back in, you believe I'm going to hurt you. But if you get out of your head that I try to use you, hurt you, cheat on you or whatever, you won't have to think these thoughts. So I think she believes that I do these things. So she thinks of any bad things she can and fills her head up with all these things. So it puts up a defense mechanism. Um, but I, I mean, I think a lot of us do certain things that we don't realize, you know, our bodies go into like a, um, like a, like an autopilot mode, you know, to protect us, whatever it is, whether we flinch or, you know, we block or, you know, or something mentally we do. And I told her, I said, I promised you years ago, I would never abandon you. And I'll never forget that day. She, I don't know what she was thinking of. We weren't even arguing. And she started crying and I said, what's wrong? And she looked at me and she said, can you promise me one thing? I said, absolutely. She said, don't ever abandon me. And she said it in the most childish crying voice. And I said, oh, I promise, of course I never would. Well, why would you think that? And that's when I realized thinking back is when her BPD started really coming out. And that's their biggest fear is fear of abandonment. And I reminded her all these years, um, whenever she would make me leave, I said, you know, you made me promise you I'd never abandon you, but how does that help you when you're always pushing me away? Usually they say people push somebody away because it's easier for them to deal with pushing you away than, um, than handling being abandoned, and which I can't understand why it's done, but not why they do it, you know, because when somebody abandons you, you feel that you're, you know, um, flawed, you're broken, you're no good, you're not good enough for them. But if you push somebody away, you do it, even if you're doing it so they wouldn't abandon you, it's easier for you to handle something. You know, it's, it's anything like, you know, if you're jumping off of a, a quarry, you know, if you're doing it on your own and jumping, you're prepared to do it. The water's still going to be the same temperature, you can hit it the same, but if somebody pushes you off and you're not prepared, it's not as fun, it's not enjoyable, it's scary, and it can be traumatic. So by you doing something you're prepared for, you're mentally psyching yourself up for it. And, but, but back to where I was telling her, I said, you know, when you were telling me I wasn't there for you after your mother passed away, I said, you know, it wasn't even a week after your mother passed and you made me leave, you, you refused to talk to me, you wouldn't tell me why you made me leave, you ignored my calls, everything, and at the time, um, my license had gone into suspension because I had a lot of points against it. So I wasn't able to drive up there. So I was at the mercy of her answering my calls and texting. She wouldn't do it. So it was hard enough finding a ride an hour away to just have her not even answer the door. So, um, you know, I told her, I said, you know, I really wish the next time you have time alone is really think. And think about the things that you think about me why are you saying these like there's a reason we do everything for every reaction for every action is a reaction i said 
you know, you're doing this for a reason. Are you doing it for a defense mechanism? And if you are, you should know me by now. I'm never going to abandon you. I'm never going to hurt you. I haven't. So if you're believing that I'm a cheater and you want to keep me away so I don't cheat on you hurt you, that's not going to happen. You know, think of all the bad things you're thinking about me and then think, number one, are they true? Are they exaggerated? And why are you putting these all together? You know, if you're doing it to build a wall, there's no reason to build a wall for me. And, you know, she tells me all the time that um, she doesn't even want a relationship with anybody. She just wants to be alone, which... In a way, I believe, because I've gone through her phone many times, and she doesn't look up any dating apps or, you know, um, she doesn't text anybody or talk to anybody. But at the same time, when we argue, you know, she'll tell me she can't wait. So she does find another man, and, you know, somebody will come into her life, and she'll find out what real love is. And, and I told her, I said, with your disorders of fear of abandonment and trust issues and being hurt, would you really want to risk meeting somebody not knowing them and you know with at least with me she can tell if i really mean something if i'm ex ex uh, extremely serious um if i really don't mean it she knows my tone she knows me i know her and i said if you meet somebody that you don't even know you're not going to know if every word that comes out of their mouth is a lie um if they're just using you or whatever you're going to fall completely in love with them and have your heart completely crushed like she did when we first separated and she had a, a very short-term affair with a guy that was nearly half her age, and um, it was more of a friendship. He it was broken up with his girlfriend at the time, and they both needed somebody to talk to, and they ended up sleeping together just once. But still, she felt completely in love with the guy, and I've heard recordings and seen letters that she's completely head over heels, and it wasn't even a relationship. It was just friendship, but she put herself out there, and she wanted nothing more than to be loved by this guy, you know, whether it was because his age or because he was there for her or she wanted to be with somebody new, you know, she won't tell me and maybe it's not really my business, but, you know, to me, she's still my wife, even though she divorced me, she's the one who even said, you know, it's just on paper, it's, you know, because it really killed me, you know, that was, I tell her all the time, you divorced me, I didn't divorce you, and I'll still say that to this day. And um, so, you know, in talking to her, I, I said, I want to be with you. I, I want to, you know, I've changed so many things about myself. But, you know, I didn't know a lot about your disorder. So, of course, it made the arguments um, more frequent and more disturbed because, you know, when she would say things that seemed wacky, I'd call her crazy. And I said, you know, you have to understand I'm only human and without understanding your disorder or researching about it, how was I going to react? You know, it, this stuff sounded wacky to me. So, of course, I said, you know, it sounds crazy. You are crazy. And when you refuse to try to get help for it, that made it seem even worse that, you know, here's something that can be either, you know, even if it can't be cured, it be controlled or at least, you know, show some effort to try to get help that you cared about our relationship, care about yourself. And you refuse to do it. So, you know, I said, but over the years that all the research I did, and um, I've gotten counseling myself since then, and, you know, research about BPD and have a podcast and talk to people, I do it for no other reason than because I love you and I want to be with you. And I knew the only way I could is if I understood it. Because I always said, 
the only way I could love her is if I understood her. And I had to learn to understand her, but I, I said, there's, that's only part of it. That's, you know, your disorder. But you, yourself, I need to know your inner thoughts, your fears. And, you know, I know she said before that I only learned about her disorder to deceive her, get around it and, and trick her so she would notice things. And that's not true. And I told her that. I said, I never did it before knowing about your disorder, and I'm not about to do it now. So anyways, that first night, um, I tried getting close to her, and she was just very reluctant, pushing me away. Um, I ended up leaving, going home, coming back the next day. And she was a little cold in the beginning, but warmed up a lot quicker than the day before. Needless to say, I ended up staying pretty much that whole night. Um, I ended up begging her multiple times, let me get close to her. I wanted to make love to her. She said no a hundred times, even though I could tell she really wanted to. And then finally it had, it didn't end up happening. And it was just like it always is. It's beautiful. It means a lot to me. And, you know, we both shed a few tears because we hugged each other and held each other. And I said, I miss this. This is what I miss. And I said, I'll, I'll never, ever be with another woman. If I can't be with her, I don't want to be with anybody. And I'll definitely never sleep with another woman. It's just, it means so much to me. And, you know, she admitted it did too. And, you know, I asked her, can we please try to work on something? And she just kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, can you just at least think about it? And honestly, as well as I know her, I don't know if she will or not. But anyways, come by the morning... I had told her the night before because her washer's on the brink. It, it actually isn't even working. She's been washing her clothes in the tub, and she didn't want to tell me for the longest time. And I told her I'll get her another washer. But in the meantime, I said, why don't you give me a few bags of your clothes, the essentials, whatever you wear most of the time. Let me bring them home and wash them, and I'll bring them back. <clears throat> and um, so I, I repeated myself a few times to her. And just reminded her, and she said that made her feel dirty, that it seemed like I was thrown in her face by reminding her to get her clothes together so I could wash them. And I said, that's not what it is. It, I'm just reminding you because I don't want you to forget because it's important to me that, you know, I don't want to see you washing your, your clothes in the tub. Well, long story short, she just told me, just get out, just leave. And I said, but why? I'm not doing anything. I was only reminding you because I want you to show that Everything about you or, or that I can do for you means a lot to me. And I just wanted to remind you because I reminded you since the day before and you hadn't done it yet. And I just want you to know that I really meant it. I didn't know if you didn't get them together because you wanted me, you know, to remind you that it meant a lot to me. So she just said, no, this, this, it isn't working. And I didn't want to argue with her. I didn't want to put up a fight. And I said, okay, I'll leave. I'll leave. I don't want to argue with you. Just please promise me you'll think about this. And I was only reminding you because I wanted you to know how much I loved you. So and that was the end of last week. And once again, she hasn't responded to any of my texts, my calls. I went up there two days ago and she wouldn't answer the door. And she just told me she's not opening the door. She's not talking to me. She don't want to see me. And I said, what did I do? I said, now I'm the one who feels used. I said, you finally opened up. We made love. We had a great talk. 
And because I reminded you about your clothes and I confirmed with you, it wasn't about throwing it in your face. I just wanted to show you that it meant something to me, that you mean something to me. And she wouldn't open the door. I sat out in the car for an hour. She still wouldn't come out. I went up to her bedroom window. And as soon as I said, Michelle, please, she said, just leave. Leave me alone. You're going to make it worse. I didn't want to make it worse, so I left. And again, now, a few days later, or five days, whatever it is, she still won't answer my calls or my texts. I want to give it a couple of days. Today was really hard because it was our anniversary. Really tough for me. So I, I got her a card. I wrote her a 10-page letter. And I'm contemplating tomorrow if I'm going to drive it up there and leave it or if I'm going to mail it and wait a couple of days. I think I'm going to probably just mail it, wait a couple of days for her to get it. And let her see the card. Let her know that I remembered it was our anniversary and how much it meant to me. I put a beautiful poem inside and we'll see what happens. So I think the whole part of this was I'm trying to figure out why she's putting these walls up. Um, and I think she's thinking all these bad thoughts because that's what helps her build these walls. But at the same time, I'm trying to convince her, don't think these bad things. Because that's what's making you put up the walls. And if that's what you need to put up a wall, you don't need to put up a wall with me. But these bad thoughts she's thinking, I don't know if they're involuntary or voluntary or her reasoning behind it. So I'll mail the letter tomorrow, give it a couple days, and I'll do an updated episode on it and see what can happen. But now it's another thought process I got to do and try to figure out why she's doing the thought process. So I'm going to do a little bit of research on it too and see if that's a, a, a normal thought process or if it's just something with her, you know, uniquely. But anyways, I, I appreciate you listening to the um, podcast. And like I said, it's a very upsetting day. It, today means a lot to me, a lot. It's Father's Day. That's the furthest thing from my mind. Right now it's 34 years ago is when I met the woman I wanted to spend the rest of my life with and the past four years it's just it's been so horrible and I just I want to be with her I want to be with her for the rest of my life but anyways like I always say if you have somebody in your life with BPD love them and understand them as much as you can because they find it so hard to understand themselves and they find it so hard to love themselves as well thank you very much have a great week You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.